The B-side to It's England Time. I'm going to carry on, Liam, until you're ready. The B-side to It's England Time is It's England Time Instrumental. Yeah, there we go. We always need a karaoke the much The much more listenable version. Strangely enough, is four seconds shorter than the one with vocal. Do you reckon he does a Scatman intro? It's England time. Don't sully Scatman John's name with the Chico. Right, credits and personnel on It's Chico, Chico. time. I'm ready, by the way. Chico Slimani, lead vocals. Marcus Hutton, synth. And and that's it. Brian May on guitar. Arch- Archie Merrington, kazoo. <laughs> that's it. When we get to It's Chico time, I want your biggest boots on, lads. I want your biggest boots. Oh, oh God. Okay, babies. It is go time. Shall we begin? Hello, why are you here? Is it for the food handouts? Were well, you too late? There's uh, two men fighting in Tesco car park for the last pasty. And I don't know why there's a pasty as we only accept non-perishable goods. What? You're here to glance at every number one ever? Oh, well, um, listen, that's through the plastic beaded curtain in the back room. When you get in there, you'll meet two blokes. There's a lad wearing a brown crombie and waders. He's a magic man who can conjure up musical scripture from his biffins. Some say he invented music itself. He's called Craig Lowe. Hi, Craig. Get off my pasty. And sat floating on his right is a, well, it's a sort of genie. Rubbed down with snake piss, he gives off a blue hue. He's so intelligent, he can fire the correct answers and shit into your head without even talking. Don't look into his eyes. That floating genie of wonder... That's that's Dr. Liam Maloney. It's got it's got carrots in it. I don't want it. It's enough pissing about. I'm going to try and complete the rest of the remainder of this intro intro in uh, the length of a tweet. Okay. <clears throat> full info. <laughs> full info. <laughs> that's what it meant. <laughs> full info. Go to ep zero. Three number ones each. Voted to be binned or kept. If bin, pick a random number two instead. Hashtag E-N-O-E. Dr. Liam. Is it is it go time? Are we picking the machine? Let's do this. Okay, machine time. Let's begin. Let's see what the machine is called this week. Today's machine is called... Delta Good Ram. <laughs> so... Delta Goodrum had, had uh, four UK top ten singles. I've never heard any of them, and I watched Neighbours. Sean Neighbours are home and away. Could be either. We don't remember. She was Neighbours. She was neighbors. All the good ones were Neighbours. The only other one was Danny. She was married to the fat Danny. one from Westlife who quit. Please tell me that if you ever talk, if if you if you guys know any Australians or are into, introduced to any Australians, you should say to him, "Say, oh, were you in Neighbours at home and away?" <laughs> that should that should always be your first question. Right. Without further ado, shall we get this show on the road? Let's go. Let's do it. As per usual, Craig's up first. Woo! Sorry. 
So, let's start a vast improvement on last time with my first number one. I've calmed down, listener. Don't worry. We, we won't go nuts this week. You were very giddy oh, last it week. Was, it, was, it, was, it was the rum. I blame the rum. <laughs> uh, this. I blame R. Kelly, but fine. <laughs> it's the remix to Ignition. Oh god, we can't. We no one will ever have sex again. <laughs> the remix is now in the bin. Well, people have sex just with consent and legally. Carry on. We still we still have the original version of Ignition. We don't need the remix, right? This first <laughs> number one is number one, number one thousand and four. It was number one in the twelfth of February in the year of our Lord two thousand and five. Uh, Delta Goodrum. From neighbours, please see if there's any facts that you can disp- bestow upon us. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? You okay? <laughs> I definitely derailed that. My brain was going, I bought this sentence and my wife was like, no, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Story of my life. It's been... It has been one week. This was number one for one week. Uh, uh, a slight hint... This features a very heavy sampling of a late 80s track, if that can give you a hint. Probably won't. Oh, is it Valerie? No. Call on me? No. Good shout, though. Very good shout. Oh, is it not Call on me? Oh, it's fucking Eminem, isn't it? Yeah. It's Marshall Marshall Mothers III. And it samples Toy Soldiers by Martika, right? It is Martika's Toy Soldier. Uh, So, was it a great song? The problem is, I quite like Toy Soldiers. Do you really? It's quite a cool tune. I don't like it at all. And then to have it sampled by, in probably Eminem's worst period of rap, where he had no sense of humour whatsoever. (laughs) Isn't that most Eminem? Uh, I think I could take an early Eminem. You know, just like a just a plain one, but when like a peanuts one or like a proper nutty M M&M, and M. But <laughs> I bought this metaphor as well, Craig. <laughs> no, I'm sticking Please. with it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's what's the M M&M and M track called? Uh, like toy soldiers. So it's not quite right. toy soldiers. It's like toy soldiers. <sighs> no, it's poor. It's really poor M and M track. Instantly, if you if you look at Eminem's singles, this is one that you probably in a game of pointless completely forget about. <laughs> I actually remember when this came out, and I remember actually really liking the start of it. It was like, oh, because it samples that Martika tune. But and then Eminem opens his mouth. Yeah, and I, I think it's an attempt to be. Is it like some like fucking commentary on armed service or something like that? Uh, I'm sure that it was a Bush protest of some sort. As was the style at the time. Well, so, I don't know about you you guys, but my bin is one of those where you push the lid and it flips up and stays up until you push it again and then it locks it. I've pushed it and it's open, oh, ready God. to receive. Liam, I really want M&M. you to go on one. I really wanted you to go on one on this one. Oh, oh really? I don't feel strongly enough to go on one. So, Because am I going to love what's coming next? Is that what you're telling me? Let's go. The track... Number two for me on number ones. Uh, this is number one. Number 706. This was number Ooh. one on the 90? 23rd of April, 
Delta oh. Quadrant. Is there any facts for this? Nope. This was number one for two nope. weeks. It is very notable for one reason. Play that song. Hmm. Prince's only number one. It is Prince's only number one single in the UK. Oh, um, most beautiful girl in the world. It is yeah. the most beautiful. I hated this song when it came out. <laughs> I really like gold? it now. It is from Gold, but it's about two years before Gold comes out. I I hated it at the time. I, I, well, I've, I've hated it until probably about ten years ago, and I thought it was really twee and kind of like, um, yeah, I didn't get it, but I kind of I think it's cool. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Prince. Well, he does his he, he does his fun vocal gymnastics towards the end, where he goes from falsetto to bass within the same sentence. Oh yeah, uh, I love this track. It's a it's a very easy keep for me. This is very. I'm dusting Eminem off out of the bin, blowing the blow, carrot bl- shavings. Yeah, blo- bl- yeah, blowing the banana peel off and because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm such a child. When you were saying you were dusting Eminem off, that was gone, and then you said you're blowing a banana peel. <laughs> right. Oh god. So where are we at? Where are we at, boys? I'd, after two, I'd go. I'd go on too for that. Yep. Yeah. Can I tempt anyone else to join me? I think Prince... So, as has been stated in episode zero, there are many ways to do... To, to file every number one ever. One is, is the song good? Another one is, should that person be in the pantheon? So, if we look at the latter there, I think Prince should, has to be in this pantheon of yes. great music and he might have had a couple of number two so he might get the opportunity as well I think number one as well I think the first thing there is it a good song I think this is a good song yeah it's, just not, it's, just, it's like, just not one of my favourites it's, it's, it's not it's not where nowhere near the best Prince song but we have to take what we can get in this case as someone who owns several Sade records I really like it <laughs> take us to the third Craig <laughs> excellent work so this is number one, number 597. This was number 80s. one on the 15th of August in the year of our Lord, 1987. Oh, this could be FPWL stuff. Any any facts for me, Delta? I'm going... Go on. No, no facts again. This was number one for two weeks. Uh... I'm going to put the clock on this one of Liam getting this with in under two seconds. Oh, wow. Play it. Hey, should I just hit stop hit. when I get it? Yeah. Go on. I'm going to leave you guessing. Oh, long oh it's, it's Michael Jackson. It is Michael Jackson's I Just Can't Stop Loving You. I Just Can't Stop Loving You. Great tune. It's one of the ones with Shade, uh, Sinead Garrett or Shade Garrett. Probably si- sing- single number 17 off bad. <sighs> oh, what a tune. What a fucking tune. Underrated. Underrated. No, I think it's rated just about right, in my opinion. It's just not great. I think it's one of the weaker tracks on bad. Oh. 
It, it, it really does. It not really there. kicks off towards the end, though. It's like full on eighties yeah. power ballad by the end. Yeah, as much as Michael Jackson screaming, "Oh my god!" Might do it for some people. <laughs> it, 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 it was like he was in the room, Craig. <laughs> it just does nothing for me. But at the same time, uh, I am going to have to vote keep in general because just because of Prince. So Jacko Prince. Eminem gets an easy pass there. Yeah. Yeah, full. There's no way I'm voting against this. Matt? No matter what I think, does it, boys? Let it go in. <laughs> Three to zero, two to one, who cares? Well, I'm curious to know because it's always nice to know what you're actually oh, thinking. What's... It's, it's, really, it's really difficult. I think I would. it would be a soft keep for me, just on the Prince thing. Um, there is two or three. We all know, that, we all know that Michael Jackson is your The Beatles. It's a, bl- bl- it's a blind spot. I wouldn't yeah. say it's the Beatles for me. I, it, Jackson's just a blind spot. I just don't like his voice, and I, you know, and there's there's other there's other biases that I have, um, but it's it's but not it, legally proven. <laughs> not uh, important to remember. <laughs> never convicted. Yeah. Do you do you reckon these people that have literally just stopped listening to this podcast because the non-media bin hasn't been kicked in there? I yeah, reckon it has. I reckon unconvicted. We can't. In in like in episode zero though, we actively state that that's the rule, right? They have to be legally convicted of this. Yeah. It can't just be like rumor, because frankly, that's fucking slander, and we'll get sued. <laughs> anyway, shall Moving we move? On. Well, happier days. I love it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Let's, let's move on, Matthew. You're up. We are face down with unique number one, number six, one, one. This was number one in on the 18th of July in 1988. And if we could, we see if we have any more info from Miss Delta Goodram, please. It's been a one week wonder from 1988. Should we just dive in? Yeah, Kylie Minogue. Miss- Smash it on. Oh, oh, oh. The TARDIS. I mean, we're, we're, we're on dangerous grounds, but... Oh, actually, yeah. Is he... Why, uh, why, we, why? Oh, so we should say what this actually is first. Yes, this is uh, Doctor and the TARDIS by the Time Lords, otherwise known as the KLF. Oh. A rose by any other name is still the Time Lords. The justified agents of Moo Moo, lest we forget. It is, yeah. So uh, take a pinch of Gary Glitter mm. and a splash of the sweet, the Doctor Who theme tune, a bit of Harry Enfield, and you've got the Time Lords. The song the KLF Manual is about. Um, even the KLF described this as the most nauseating song of all time. But after they made it, they knew it was a number one hit. And I suppose with the glitter beat, the Doctor Who theme, a bit of blockbuster, well, it's all there. It's novelty in its purest form and most cynical. Um, are you saying that we're on dodgy ground because it's got the glitter beat underneath? I mean, is he a credited writer? Um, so, okay, first things first. There's about four things to unpack here. So, you mentioned the manual. The manual, should we talk about what that is quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do that on me? Yeah, I'll go for it. Um, the manual was published by um, Jimmy Coulter and uh, Bill Drummond, who are the KLF, um, or the Justified Ancients of Moo Moo, or the K Foundation, or whatever name they're using this week. Um, and I'm sure we're going to encounter them again, actually, thinking about it, with at least one or two things from their... Um, It'd be unbelievable if we didn't. Stadium trilogy. 
Anyway, the KLF published this incredibly, I, I suppose, you know, it was incredibly cynical, this book called The Manual, and it was How to Get to Number One. Um, and it was a book that kind of um, really pushed the notions of novelty to the extreme and the idea that you make something shit enough and horrifying enough and it will become a potential number one. Um, there's only one other single I know that actively used the manual as a guide, um, which is Bring Me Edelweiss by the Austrian band Edelweiss, and they scored a number one in Austria with that, and they actively said it was based on the KLS manual. Um, but So that's what um, came out of this, is that um, Drummond and Colty did the Time Lords and Dr. Natalis, they published the manual, and then Edelweiss influenced the Austrian chart based on that. God, that was a long way around. But... Just answering the question from Liam before, by the way, the KLF had one number one on as the KLF, and that was Three M Eternal, mm. the uh, the the live in inverted commas version, and this was their only other number one that Corti and Drummond were involved in. Anyway, um, let's get back to uh, non-Semedabin, Craig. Yes, does it count? I I personally, I think. Your 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 name has got to be front and center above the door. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be because if not, we'd have to do a deep dive into every single songwriter ever. And I would imagine a lot of that '60s stuff would be complete. Yeah, I think I think that 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 verbal utterance that 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 um that noise you made there, Craig, sums it up quite well. So yeah, even though there is whiffs of glitter about this, um, I don't think it would count. It would be disingenuous for us to say that this is non-semedia. I, I think, so, uh, to fact-check this, so uh, Glitter does have a writer credit on it, but he's not listed as one of the kind of featured artists. So, um, the more important thing, though, I think, is the fact that this is the KLF, and the chances are they probably didn't clear the bloody sing- uh, the, the sample. Uh, of course! Of course they wouldn't have done, no, would the they? KLF. There's no way they're paying anyone for anything. So yeah, I reckon that um, I reckon that Gary Glitter had absolutely no say in this shit, and maybe it's like the re-releases that mm. happen now. You know, the past probably eighteen months that the KLF have been pushing out all their old stuff that they've actually you know got permission. <laughs> so what is uh, what 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 are the views from the table about the Time Lords Doctor in the TARDIS? I owned it. I had a seven inch of it. I knew you would. I knew I you would. I had the seven inch of it. Had the uh, it had the police car on mm. the front of it. Oh, the four time lord. Yeah, I, I remember it. A, a vivid memory of it. Uh, I was heavily into old Doctor Who at that okay, time. Okay, well, Matt, tell us your thoughts on the time lord. Right, so it is a great example of a novelty cashing song, and I think it's raised a little bit higher than most other novelty songs, just because there was uh, a book written about it and which was enacted upon and made another number one so it's almost like a piece of modern art that you look at and think oh that that's all right and then you read the blurb at the side of the modern art which leads you into more thought thinking actually that's better than what i thought it was so i think i think both the 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 finished piece and the thought behind it um raise it uh, enough to make me think yeah it should it should probably have a place in the pantheon 
my view of this is that it's the bloody KLF and the KLF never put a foot wrong. Right. <laughs> so this was honestly, if there was something that was close to a keep, my love for the KLF, yeah, mine, mine pushed me over the edge just for like an insta keep. Um, I think the the most interesting band of the twentieth century. Well, we have we're we're all firmly on keeping ground. So let's see what unique number one, number four seven two, can uh, can Black give to peas. us. Black <laughs> I mean, I've not been keeping count on the numbers here, Craig. But I think four seven two surely is a bit early for uh, BEP ah, for BEP. Yeah, um, <laughs> four seven two. Are we late seventies there? Well, it's near as damn it. Could we get any other facts from Delta? Delta, factors. It's been... Oh. Wow, a one-week one week 70s. <laughs> oh, is that the only sting? That's the... Right, I'm going to point out here that that's really interesting that Delta has only just played that one sting. Oh, why, what were you expecting? Oh, I'll tell, right, tell you what. Play the song. I'll tell you when it was number one, the date... And then we'll get into a discussion about okay. it. Okay. What the hell is this? Oh. Together is so oh. It's a Beatle. And that sounds like a Lennon. Ah, Liam, know thy what? enemy. Yes, it is John Lennon. <laughs> yes, Thank you. Yes, yeah, very much. It is Vladimir Putin Lennon. What what tune is it? It is just like starting over. It's uh, Lennon's Orbison Elvis pastiche, and it was number one for one that week. Didn't sound very Elvisy. Well, if, I tell you what. Okay, now you've said that. Just move move the song into when the drums kick in and get his uh, his his vocal pattern. Okay, that's right. Ugh. Oh, it's it's like so, yeah, it's perhaps more big O than Elvis. Yeah, because the slapback's not quite right. It doesn't so sound shit enough. So the second throwback pastiche we've had this week. Yeah, yeah. real. Yeah. The um, the 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 issue here is with with the the sting from Delta Good Ram, is that this hit number one on the twentieth of December, nineteen eighty. So it's Christmas number one then. Yeah, yeah. In my in my mind's eye, Craig, it's a Christmas number no. one. Well, okay. I, I, I tell you what, I, I knew you'd, you'd have a little bit of info for uh, for this, uh, Liam. Uh, just before you start, let me just say to Craig that I have the list of UK Christmas number ones in front of me, and the UK Christmas number one for 1980 is some Winifred School Choir, There's No One Quite Like yes. Grandma. Nonsense. So why is that, Liam? Okay, so, th- so realistically... On Christmas Day in 19... What what year? 80. Um, on, the, on Christmas Day in 1980, this was the preceding number one. The way this works is, right, number ones are indicative of the sales the week before. So um, mm. we're recording this on a Sunday, which is kind of quite nice, I suppose. And it means that everything from the previous Monday up to today, or the most popular song in that period, will now be number one either tonight or tomorrow morning. And it's the same for Christmas number ones. So Christmas number ones, if it, did you say it was announced on the 20th of December? 
Yeah, so 20th of December. So so realistically, just to ram this point home, the next chart change would have been the 27th of December. Yeah. So in your mind's eye, you think, well, Lennon's still at top of the charts. Yes. But I kind of get what you're no, saying, Lennon William. was really popular the week of the 13th to the 20th. Yeah. Whereas the proper Christmas number one is popular the week of the 20th has to the 27th. This, has and this changed then? No, it's never changed. It's has always well, it been. Well, should have done because there's always that lead up in the week before Christmas of Simon Cowell bleating on about him being Christmas number one. Yeah. And when he hits number one on the 23rd, it's he, he and the record books write him down as Christmas number one. No, you have to be. The only way you can be Christmas number one is if you are Christmas number one on Christmas Day. If Christmas Day happens to fall on the chart day, then you're Christmas number one, which might be what Simon Cowell's banging on about if it drops oh, it doesn't then. doesn't do that every year. I was gonna say, every, every single pop idol and next factor and yeah. all the rest of it, it's it's the same. That's where stuff, is, we see the difficulty. Yeah. But the, diffi- the difficulty is here. I'm looking at the X Factor number ones here, Craig. Yep. And the reason Cowell will be banging on is every single one of them is not been a one weeker. Yeah. So Shane Ward, four weeks. Leona Lewis, four weeks. Leon Jackson, three weeks. Alexandra Burke, three weeks. Matt Cardle, three weeks. So if Christmas Day fall fell like three days after the Christmas number one was announced, mm. he was probably outselling two, three to one, whatever the single what this is it's a bit shit. it's a yeah, bit of a I, shame I, though, isn't I, it? I find it I find it a very disagreeable thing because you can't celebrate being number you can't be celebrate being number one that week for more than mm. the thirty seconds it tells you to that it's been announced. But think about radio play, right? If you are the most popular song of the week mm-hmm. In the week that includes Christmas Day, you're automatically getting the most radio play because you're getting the most sales and things like that. It is indicative of the behaviour that happens that week. Number ones are retrospective by their very nature. They mm. they do the week before they're announced. And so, you know, like if number ones drop on the 25th or the 26th, your single has been absolutely hammered on the radio for the past oh, yeah, I, five, six I, days. I, I, under, I understand the concept of it, but if I was to go to the man on the street and say, what's number one right now? Yeah. And they said what was number one, as they should, and I'd go, aha, j'accuse, because you don't fucking know because the sales yeah, are yeah. still ongoing. Totally. <laughs> I, think, I think it's really good that this one's dropped in because it has obviously been a, a big contentious talking point on talking head shows over the years. Um, that St. Winifred's not lending off uh, the Christmas number one spot um, the the year of Lennon's murder. Right, we've we've discussed this for way too long. Let's draw a line at this. That Lennon on ninety in nineteen eighty, he was the print Christmas number one, where St. Winifred's Choir were the sales Christmas number yeah. one. So speaking about John Lennon's just like starting over single, which just missed out on the top spot, uh, Christmas in 1980. Um, it is obviously a posthumous release. Uh, oh, like a lot it? of Lennon's late later work. Yeah, he got shot in early yeah. December. Um, it was like, it's, it, like a lot of Lennon's later work, especially after the, the mid-70s last weekend. Unfortunately, it is like being waterboarded with a potent mixture of saccharin and piss. This, I'll be honest with you, just like starting over, I don't think it's dreadful, but it's definitely not going to make anyone's Lennon's no. top 20. It is of interest, as it is the last song he recorded before he got shot as well. Is it? No, I made that up. Um, there's nothing else to say about this, apart from shed light on your opinions very briefly on Lennon's Just Like Starting Over. 
Uh, boring, rubbish, hate it. Get it in the bed. <laughs> yeah, absolute lack of interest. Um, okay, so it's kind of one all for you guys as it stands, right? Yeah. So there's one keep all to, and all one to be, All to be decided. You know what? If this is something decent, I'm quite happy to let Leonard in. Uh, Leonard? Lennon. I should hope you fucking let me in. Um, in, but yeah. That's what the Russians said. <laughs> Shall we uh, find out your final third? Yes, this is unique number one, number eight, one, two. It was, uh, oh, it, well, it was number one on the 16th of the 1st in 1999. Delta Goodrum, foist at me, please. It's been a trilogy of one week wonders this week. Go on, whack it on Delta. Oh, oh fat boy no slim. Praise you? Praise you. Yeah, it's praise you. Yep. I always hated the video for this song. Dancing in the airport. The Spike John's video. I think it's Spike Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's This, for me, is um, possibly his most cohesive moment because it's the song where he doesn't manage to sound like a clown car falling apart <laughs> with a funk band in it. Um, it was the third single from You Come A Long Way Baby. Oh, I can do the and other two. I think It would have been... Um... Funk Soul Brother and Gangster Trippin. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. And were, were they were they the same song? No, they weren't. Weirdly, was Gangster? What was what's the hook for Gangster Trippin? Um, Gangster Trippin was. Where do we wanna? Yeah, where do we wanna? Ah, what, right, yes, that? right. So, but the other the other song's not called Funk Soul Brother, is it? Rockefeller Skank is what it's actually that's called. Rockefeller Skank. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, it's probably his, uh, yeah, probably if it, one of his, if not his, uh, his best moments. Well, especially from his era, his, his popular era. Yeah, because so. no one actually cares about Norman Cook anymore, unfortunately, which is yeah. fair. Oh, got a bit of a wick, got a bit of a wiki fist on this one. If you're uh, you're yeah. interested, for uh, go for it. Praise you. <clears throat> In season three, episode 20 of Buppy the Vampire Slayer, at minute 29.50, the song plays during Sunnydale High School prom. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> and off the back of that, I am going to say that my pack of three number ones, I would like to keep. Lads, you on board with me? You know what? Fat Boy Slim and um, the KLF. Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the third one is. Yeah. Even if it is bloody late. Yeah, it's a kind of two to one vote, isn't it? Yeah. It's a kind of two I'm to one fully vote. There. I think see I was leaning towards I was leaning towards binning, I'll be honest with you. With that awful, awful Lennon track. It's oh, really bad, isn't it? It's really bad. And it's a, well uh, the thing I don't like about it is is it's like a pastiche, but it's quite a crap pastiche. I'll tell you what, I'll let it in, but as soon as Imagine comes up, I'm sinking the shit. <laughs> So a unanimous in our second unanimous of the week, I believe. Yeah, it is. Can we um, can we make it a week of three for three for three? Let's cool. find out. So, final three of the week. Let's dive in. This is unique number one nine hundred and one. It was number one. Beginning week 30th of June 2001. And shall we see if there's any additional facts about it? It's been. 
One week wonder that doesn't tell you. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Shall we just dive straight in and see what's what? Let's do it. Please do. Here we go. Where's all my soul sisters? Oh, now we're talking. Oh, I didn't. I was. I wasn't as quick on the uptake as you there, Craig. Let's 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 see if I can get it. Let's see if I can get it. Do it. It's go on. It's Christina. Yep. It's pink. Yep. It's Missy. Oh, featuring Missy in the background. Yeah, she's sort of there at the away. end. Yeah, fine. Oh, who else? Who else is there? Uh... Wore a lot of wigs. <laughs> yes, it was little Kim. Little Kim. It was little Kim. And then it was who's the fourth? It's it's. Oh, the oh, one with Maya. The... Maya. Maya. It is Maya, the one with the voice as thin as a crisp. Where the fuck have you dragged that from? The two thousand and one. <laughs> on the special features of Moulin Rouge, I would imagine. Well, that's... So, I love this tune, and it had that kind of weird tie-in to Moulin Rouge, didn't it? Lady... Oh, yeah. I, I suppose you should say, this is, as Craig rightly said, Christina, Little Kim, Maya, and Pink, with a, an exclamation mark. Yeah, it's an I. Yeah, in, don't approve. Um, with Lady Marmalade, which is a cover of La Belle, originally. But... Factoid, it is not the first time this song has hit the charts and got to the number one spot. If you want brownie points, does anybody right. know when it got to number one previously? No. Um give us give us a period of time, Liam, and I'll try and go through the Rolodex. Nineties. Nineties. Yep. So it's gonna be late nineties. Yeah, this isn't the LaBelle tune. Straight up, yeah. I can even no. tell you the, if you want the week because it's going to come up again. So the week it was number one was the. Gosh, wow, it's so close. Um, it was number one on the 9th of May 1998, so only three years earlier. So three years behind. Could yeah. you give us. Um, what's the. Is it a group? It is. Initials, please. A.S. All Saints. Of course, it for was fuck's sake. Under the Bridge what? and All Saints. Under the Bridge slash Lady Marmalade. Craig, we knew that. We did know is, that. Is, but, is, is this yeah. not just one of the ones that you forget about Like when you realise that girls are allowed to walk this way? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. went to number it's, one. It's pretty, it's pretty weak sauce. It's yeah. pretty weak sauce, but it's there. I've got to be honest, well, though. I, on this tune, I loved this tune. I, I thought it was really cool. I, I, apart from Maya, obviously, because who the fuck was Maya? No, she had the thinnest little voice, didn't she? Let's see if we can find her. Yeah, she'll be right at the end, won't she? Yeah. Pink. Pink. One of these things is Moulin. not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a shame, actually, because the, the other three were really strong, and Missy Elliott, obviously, baller. And it's, you know, it's kind of one of those... I suppose this is... If there's such a thing as, like, a proto-Me Too or, like, a proto-women rocking it, like, this is cool. 
Got a lot of time for this. What do you think, Matt? I really like this song. I think it's a three keep from us on this one. Um, I, yeah, I find this... Um, uh, I'm kind of glad this came three years after the All Saints one because the All Saints, is, as, I, as I've said a few times, I think their version was a little bit weak sauce considering that the LaBelle version was absolutely rocking. Do you know what I mean? Well, that never this, got this to is, number one. Which is a shame. I know it didn't. So you think of this as kind of like a proxy LaBelle getting in. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I've got I've got so much time for Pat LaBelle. I've never seen Moulin Rouge. Is it worth a go? No. no. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> I mean <laughs> unless unless the year is two thousand and one to later in two thousand and one. Yeah. It is aged terribly. Okay. Craig, where do you stand on this tune? On this, oh, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love a bit of pink. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Keep it clean. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, let's dive into our next one then. Um, so for our second number one, or my second number one, this is number one, our unique number one, one thousand and eighty-one, and it was Ugh. number one. Um, on the 11th of October 2008, Delta, do you have any additional facts for us? Nine. Let's just do it. It was three weeks at number one. Let's see what is what. Here we go. Ooh, oh, oh my God. Two. A double dose of pink. Double dose of pink. The na 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 song. So irritating. So what? So irritating. I'm still a rock star. <laughs> I've got my rock moves, and I don't want you. Yeah, yeah def- definitely not in my uh, top ten favorite pink. But you know, you said irritating, Liam. I mean, yeah. it's obviously written to be irritating. You know, I'm not sure if that makes it better or worse. Yeah, but it is obviously uh, knowingly irritating. Is still irritating, yeah. isn't it? I suppose. It's not as annoying as Stupid Girls, which came after this as well, which is the other. The fun pink single because every pink album has to have a fun little jaunty one. But unfortunately, like that, that's not stupid girl. No, it's not that one. And I want to be a stupid girl. That's the one. It's this song, but with different lyrics. Mm. She did. She did have a lot of good stuff around about this time, though. Sorry, Liam. I've, yeah. I've got so little interest in pink. We know. The only one for me is um, "Raise Your Glass." Yeah. Craig was making a vaguely gay joke there. Well done, Craig. <laughs> I'm not the one wearing a fucking I, I was, Disney he, T-shirt. You he's, al- he's already he's already told me he's already told me to keep it clean. So I was just keeping it clean. I was just sat here not thinking that pink could mean vagina. <laughs> oh, um, oh god, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, you know, she was very long time. Some of her singles around this time, like who who knew was really really good. Me and my ha- uh, you and your yeah. hand. You in yeah. your hand? That sounds disgusting. Yeah, I mean, is this? It's just you, just you, just you in your hand tonight, Liam. Um, yeah, so you know, I'd she, rather that than pink, if I'm honest. So, I'm yeah. not being funny. They all sold huge. I'm looking down the list. Yeah. There's there's very few pink singles that don't sell. But you know, everyone's 1.5 million plus. So so what? So what? Can I just say, nearly sold five million. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. It's a catchy little pop rock number. Yeah, yeah but it also makes me want to glass myself. Like it, that's a, oof, I don't know. It's a bit of a no from me. I, I like Lady Marmalade, but God, 
that's irritating. Okay, so we're we're in the balance. Shall we move on to three? Yeah, I've got at least a big toe in the bin. And um, after <laughs> yeah, let's go on to number position. three. This was number one on the eighteenth uh, of February two thousand six. It was number one for two weeks, and it is unique number one, 1,029. So not very long after Pink. Any guesses based on those facts? Absolutely none. Just play the track. Maya. <laughs> pink. It's pink. <laughs> if I tell you this is a song by Mech, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you know. No. That's not a word. Mech. Okay, well, let's dive into it and see what's happening. Mech. Hang on, it's um, Leo Sayer. Yeah, this is Thunder in My Heart again, which I always thought was like a a Freddie Mercury tune, actually, that they were sampling, because I always think he sounds like Mercury. In fact, let's you listen. said that you said that in a previous episode when we unfortunately put "Living on My Own" in the bin, when you thought that uh, "Thunder in My Heart" was Freddie Mercury, and oh. I so ba- I squirrelled out after we uh, we did that episode. I thought, well, Liam obviously has had some kind of stroke, and he didn't mean that. And I listened to this tune. If you can drop it in on yeah, the vocals, yeah, let me find the bit. That that throaty shout. Yeah. Yeah. Not this bit, obviously. Yeah, this is very obviously Leo Sayer. But that yeah. bit where he really kind of shouts, it's really Freddie Mercury, I think. Um, should should have leaned into that a bit more. Yeah. What's what's the yeah, what's the uh, what's the original like? Do you have the original to hand? I can you? certainly find the original. Is that all right? Because Leo Sayer will be like. Give it to my baby. Well, no, no, because that, that, no, 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 but it, that will be the original vocal, won't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll re- sampling the so, original. Yeah. So, here so we I'm go. intrigued to say. Do you want a bit of the original? Please. There you go. So, he's just, he's just steroided it up. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a, really. basically dance edit of a fairly disco tune anyway. Yeah. It's a great tune, actually. I, I, it kind of pains me to say that about a, Le- a Leo Sayer tune, but it's a really fucking good song. A good song's a good song, Liam. Yeah. Unless it's by R. Kelly, Gary Glitter, or Rolf Harris. But this one is by Mick. So, um, how do we feel <laughs> how do you about spelling it? Mech? That? How M-E-C-K. Spelling Mech? M-E-C-K. So, he, he was the remixer, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, the guy who just put a... Yeah. <laughs> A boots and cats. Did that have got a paycheck? Yeah. But you know what? If it does the job, it does the job. Um, So that's Mech with Thunder in My Heart. Again, the radio editor, obviously. Um, Craig, where are you landing on this? I mean, I can't bring to bin this. I mean, I really like Pink. I really like that Mule Orange track. And this is that last one. Absolutely fine. Keep, 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 keep. All three. Keep them all. Very, very easy one for me, this one. Uh, you know what? I don't know why, but that was that was one of those that I thought you might be funny about, particularly with Lady Marmalade for some reason, because I, I imagine you would hate Baz Luhrmann with a passion. Oh, I, I I really like Baz Luhrmann when he isn't trying too hard. I think Australia is a fantastic film. Uh, I don't mind Christina, and I like Pink, and I... You love Maya. 
Uh, yeah, I'm like I've got a heart Maya tattoo on my chest, and uh, I don't have enough information about Little Kim for me to pass any sort of judgment. Missy Elliott's always good to, yeah. Missy Elliott can just shout the the other artist's names, and that's her done for the day. Oh God, love Missy. Matt, where do you stand? Because oh, well, I feel yeah. like this might be a hard sell for you. No, it's not. It's a two to one. So the uh, the Lady Marmalade uh, cover, I think, as I said before, has got more of the spirit of the LaBelle original than the All Saints version does. Um, the third, which is uh, Leo Sia and Mech. 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 Um, Mech. Is, is just a... Re- that, do you know what? The, the golden decision to, to remix that tune. The, remixing was easy enough. Uh, so that, that was a great decision. The Pink song is not my favourite Pink song, but I do have a lot of time for Pink. And as I've learned, it is just about her biggest selling single, as I say, wow, sold 4.6 million copies and was pretty much number one fucking everywhere. So it is a relatively strong keep, those three, for me. I, su- I suppose at this point, like my opinion is kind of an irrelevance, but... Hooray! <laughs> Such a bitch. <laughs> So rude. Such a bitch. So rude. But you know what? I'm going to say keep as well because <sighs> Lady Marmalade, banger. This has never happened. Mech did a very good job and <laughs> Mech can slip in accidentally. <laughs> Even the best of us slip into the pink occasionally. Up your bum. Oh, nine for nine. What a week. Those were our choices. But what did you think? Should some of that gone in the bin? I think we probably should. In, in hindsight, some of that should have really gone in the bin. It weren't great, were it? But let us know. <laughs> if you if you head over to Twitter, you can find us at E-N-O-E Podcast. We're on the Facebooks. Uh, email us at E-N-O-E Podcast at gmail.com. We're at every number one ever.com. Spell that how you want. We have all the domains. And if you want to throw us a couple of pennies, head over to patreon.com slash E-N-O-E Podcast. Liam. How is the Pantheon looking after we've overloaded it this week? Thank you very much, Mr. Craig. Okay, so this week we have a a unanimous keep across the board. So we've had from Craig, like Toy Soldiers from Eminem, which is a little bit of a, that's a low point of the week, I think. We can sort of say that. Um, but Prince is only UK number one, which is most yep. beautiful girl in the world, and an MJ tune. I just can't stop living you with Heather Garrett. Um, <laughs> for Matthew, we end up with the KLF in disguise with the Time Lords with their manual esque single Doctrine the Tardis. Um, John Lennon's really piss poor. Uh, rock and roll pastiche with just like starting over and Fatbox Slim hanging out in a mall with Prezu and for me we had uh, Christina Lil Kim Pink and Maya with Missy Elliott etc with their LaBelle colour cover of Lady Marmalade Pink's irritating opus So What and Mex remix of Thunder in My Heart Again by Leo Sayer. And all of them made it into the Pantheon this week. Not a single number one substitution. That's us done. Matthew?
Well done, everyone. Nothing expunged this week, so let's praise be for that and look forward to next week's bloodbath. Craig, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And we'll play out with the girls and their lady covered in marmalade, okay? I'll see you in the future.